Scott with SJ, Wildfire.com. Hey, I'm pleased to announce Pastor Larry. We've talked a little bit about Pastor Larry and his Bible study. He's been studying Ephesians 6 for the last three to four years. Good morning. This is uh, Pastor Larry. I hope uh, this finds you this day rejoicing in the Lord. And our victory belongs to Jesus Christ whom we worship and whom we serve. And if you're not worshiping and serving Christ, I'm praying that you will do. Uh, before I start today, there's a few things that I need to make clear. Because I heard some comments from you. And I thought I was really clear on this. And one of that is this. I am not preaching armed insurrection against the government or against uh, communism or any other form. I'm talking about a spiritual conflict, a spiritual war. And the Bible says that our weapons are not carnal or fleshly, but they are spiritual. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against, against Satan and his schemes and principalities and powers. And it's what's behind human beings that is driving the antagonism towards Christians and toward the gospel. So I want to be very clear on that. And when I use illustrations about my military ventures in Vietnam, and I talk about my rifle and my helmet, when I talk about those things, those things are metaphors. They are metaphors for our spiritual armor. And I thought I've mentioned this quite often. For example, you can't use your rifle against spiritual creatures. You need the sword of the Spirit. And the Bible very clearly makes it, it's the sword of the Spirit, is the Word of God. So we're fighting a spiritual battle. Satan has declared war on the church. He can't get at the Father. And so we need spiritual weapons. We need spiritual armor in order for the cause of peace and rest in the cause of Christ to go forward as his church. In no way are we told to attack those who espouse things that are against Scripture. That is totally foreign to the New Testament, totally foreign to what Jesus Christ taught. Don't put yourself back in the Old Testament in the case of Israel. That was a different economy, a different time. The application spiritually are there for us. Remember, I made mention that Israel was living mainly in the in the physical. Their promises was physical, a land, their blessings, the enjoyment of the land was prosperity of good crops, continuous rain, no drought, uh, blessed families. Uh, this was a physical promise made to Israel as they were to enjoy their land. In no way, and the Christians never promise a land except in heaven. So ours is more of a spiritual blessing. Of course, God blesses us physically. But the emphasis is on the spiritual realm. I want to make that very clear in case those are listening who 
want to listen just to monitor for nefarious means against Christianity. So I'm making coming out and making that very clear that I am not espousing revolt against the government. But I'm talking about protection for ourselves to continue to propagate the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ by peaceful means. So, that being said, I think that was enough. You know, C.S. Lewis, uh, in his preface to the Screw Tape Letters, if you never want, if you want to read a good book, a small book, a good book is the Screw Tape Screw Tape Letters, which basically deals with the spiritual world, with demons conversing with one another, how to deceive the Christian. And it's a very interesting read. And he quotes this in his preface to those letters. He says, quote, There are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils or the demons. One is to disbelieve in their existence, and the other is to believe and to feel an excessive an unhealthy interest in them. Those are the two extremes that are dangerous. We can so consume ourselves with the study of demons, demonology it's called, and it's okay to study this, but if we're to the excess, it's unhealthy for us. We need to center on knowing God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the other is just extremely detrimental, and that's to just ignore it altogether and say, God, the devil doesn't exist. Why won't we just, just preach how to live the Christian life? And, you know, the scriptures say it doesn't command us to ignore the devil. It tells us to resist the devil. So we're talking about means of resistance, peaceful resistance. So, in short, there's a battle going on in this world today, and it's for the hearts and minds of people. And there's a few things I need to clear up, because I got comments on this, too. I Number one, I believe in demons. Absolutely. Now, if you want to believe that fallen angels and demons are the same, that's fine. I personally do, but it's, it's debatable. Number two, do I believe in Satan? Absolutely. Else I wouldn't be doing these podcasts. And I believe in Satan primarily, and what I'm saying, why I believe in these things is because Jesus taught it. Jesus did battle with Satan. The apostles taught it in experience. And when I get on the tactics of Satan, we'll talk about some of those amazing experiences in the, that people had in one in my life also. So do I believe in Satan? Absolutely. Do I believe in demon possession? Absolutely. But I also believe it's not a common thing. It does happen. I am not going to say it does not. Do I believe that Christians can't be, be demon-possessed? Absolutely not. Oh, I hope I... Did I lose some of you from my broadcasts here? I hope not. I'll just pray that you'll listen to me when I explain this, when I get upon the wiles of Satan. But it's too involved to go into it in detail right now. 
but I absolutely do not believe that a Christian can be demon-possessed. Do I believe that Christians can be heavily influenced by the devil? Absolutely, I do. And I believe that even good Christians can be heavily influenced by the devil. And one of the good Christians that I'll use as an example is the Apostle Paul. Would you say that Apostle Paul is a good Christian? Sure, you would say that. Remember, Paul mentioned the fact that he had a thorn in the flesh, that a messenger of Satan was sent to buffet him. So, and God had allowed that to happen, to keep Paul, as Paul would state further on in that verse, it was to keep him from being proud. I mean, a great message was given to him. He was handpicked by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So, even good Christians can be heavenly influenced by Satan. And I would even say that the closer you want to sacrifice yourself to the Lord, the more you want to do that, and the closer you get to him, you become a target for him. It's the same as uh, Vietnam. Remember, this is a metaphor. When I was in Vietnam, the closer you were to the enemy, the, you exposed yourself more often. And that's the same with the believer. He's going to give himself totally 100%, and the Bible commands us to do that. He'll become a, a target for Satan. But we're going to discuss later on how that is the absolute place that every Christian is supposed to be. God has promised us resources for protection. We don't have to fear that. Satan is the great deceiver. His main weapon is deception. See, I look at it that demon possession exposes him for who he really is. That's why I don't believe it's that prevalent today. It happens, I'm not ignoring that. But he is a deceiver. He's the first deceiver. Listen to Paul commenting on Eve then when he said, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. That's 1 Timothy 2.14. So to be a deceiver, you have to be a liar. And that's exactly what the scriptures teach. Scripture says that Satan is a father of lies. And if you remember back in that time of uh, with Eve when she was first tempted and she sinned, that he would be very he was being very deceptive. Lies are deceptions to hide the truth, to make you think other than the right way. Jesus said of Satan, he says, he was a murderer from the beginning. And he abode not in the truth. What's the opposite of a lie? It's the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaks a lie. He speaks of his own. For he is a liar. And I, I've used some of these verses, but I want to use them again, just for reinforcement in this message about the truth. 27 times we find in John's Gospel 
the truth of what Jesus is saying. John 1.17, you want to write these references down. You don't have to turn there. John 1.17. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. John 14.6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but through me. John 4.23. For the hour comes and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. Make a comment on that verse. In spirit and in truth. We're going to talk about what it means to be born of the Spirit. But truth goes alongside of that. Worship goes along with truth because there's a lot of worship going on that are not is not in truth. The word spiritual is used quite often in our culture. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. So this is what we as Christians must be aware of as we put on or as we wear the armor of God. John 8.32 is a big one. I'm going to discuss this in length. I think I've already done this, but I'd like to do it again because it's so important. John 8.32 says, answering to the critics of his day, which is, was the religious Pharisees, it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Seven times we'll read in this passage that Jesus Christ talks about the truth, which means this is the, of the utmost importance. As I read this passage, mark down, it's in John 8, starting in 31, how many times you find the word truth, which, which is in opposition to Satan, who is a liar. So, if you have your Bibles with me, with you, if not, write the reference down. It's John chapter 8, and starting in verse 31. where it says, Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed them, and, and I just quoted this, If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. Verse 32, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If you can, listen to this, If you continue in my word, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Free from what? Oh, the lies of Satan, for one. There's the sword of the Spirit again. Going on. The Jews answered him and said, We'll be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, and it's a double here, and it means this, he's emphasizing this, for importance. Truly, truly, I say unto you, whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. Hmm. And the servant abides not in the house forever, but the son abides forever. Jesus is saying he's sinless. 
The Son, therefore, shall make you free. You shall be free indeed. I know you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me, because my word has no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which you have seen with your father. And they answered and said unto him, Abraham's our father. But Jesus said to them, If you are Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that has told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, We are not born of fornication. Actually, they're accusing Jesus of being illegitimate. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you would love me. But I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he has sent me. And why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? You are your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he didn't live in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and he is the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. You therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan? Here they're going accusing him of being a Samaritan. And you have your demon possessed, Jesus. They're saying you have a devil. But Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and you dishonor me. And I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. So we're going to end there, but the point is this. The point is this, that Jesus is the truth. And he stands opposed to the lie, to the lie of Satan, which is Satan's deceptions. Satan's deception is to lie, is to get you not to see Jesus Christ for who he really is. We're going to be going back to Ephesians. I, I got into Joshua uh, for the last few weeks and tried to emphasize the fact of the resources that God has given us by way of application of uh, Joshua going into the promised land and what God had said to him. So what, I, what am I trying to convey in these messages um, all these messages about spiritual warfare. And I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating, lest I be under misunderstood. And I believe that the scriptures, the Bible, is the only authority that is infallible and authoritative on this particular subject. My experiences are not infallible, and I'm afraid Christians get offline sometimes and interpret their Christian life according to their experiences. I think that needs to be emphasized, and I did just that. In the scriptures, 
teach that the world is in spiritual darkness and that Satan is a prince of that darkness. So the scriptures teach that Satan keeps mankind from receiving the light of Jesus Christ and is mainly through deception. But this doesn't really relieve us, mankind, from the choice to choose to come to the light. And that light Jesus taught in John chapter 1 will come to everyone. John 1.9 says that Christ gives light to everyone, but we have to receive that light. It's our choice. When it talks about receiving, it means that you must do it. And that's choice, that's will. But the spiritual warfare is this, that Satan does what he can to keep you from coming to that light. He even disguises himself as an angel of light, half-truths, but they're lies. Mixed truth with error. And that's one of his favorite deceptions. Mankind can, the scriptures teach this. This is not something that Pastor Larry, or Brother Larry, excuse me, has concocted out of his own mind. Millions and millions and millions of Christians down through the centuries have believed exactly what I'm saying. And it comes from the scriptures. So his tactic is to keep men and women to, from coming to the light of the truth, the light of Christ. The only thing that mankind can do, and I'm putting womankind in there also, when the light shines into his or her darkened heart is to respond by faith and receive Jesus Christ for, for their forgiveness of sins. A church cannot do that for you. Your parents cannot do that for you. And as long as I'm doing these podcasts, I'm going to always have the gospel message in every one of my podcasts. In case there's someone that's tuned in for the first time and missed the other ones. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he that follows me, notice the following, shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. If you haven't responded to the light shining in your heart, that you need a Savior, that you're dead in your sins and your trespasses, if you haven't responded and received Christ, the Bible says you are in spiritual darkness. All your knowledge, all your money, all your attempts to be happy are fruitless when we're talking about eternity. This life is but a brief, short stay here. And the Bible teaches that very clearly. So with that, I want to thank you for listening. I wish I could uh, be with some of you. <laughs> I know you're virtual friends, but uh, I'll continue to pray for the listeners. I'll begin to pray for you. I want you to know that I love you. You say, well, how can you love me? You don't even see me. You don't even know me. But you know what? I can't see God, but I still love him. Thanks for listening. See you next week.